This is a Therapy for Dads podcast. I'm your host. My name is Travis. I'm a therapist, a dad, a husband. Here at Therapy for Dads, we're reclaiming the narrative of fatherhood, one story at a time. You can follow the journey on Instagram at Therapy for Dads and our website, www.therapyfordads.com. Welcome. So being a dad, yeah. uh, could you could you just share a bit about your, your dad journey? Yeah. Becoming so, a father. So um, we uh, decided after getting married that we were going to try for a baby. Um, we I know we spoke about this privately, but we were kind of uh, one-time triers. Um, so we were pregnant straight away, which mm-hmm. is incredibly lucky and awesome. Um, and there's funny stories around that, obviously, because it's a really fun thing to say, you know super sperm and all that kind of thing yeah but we don't know who's super whether it's super egg super sperm so i just claim a t-shirt i claim it yeah i claim it but it's probably not me um (laughs) but no we got pregnant straight away um the pregnancy was uh comparatively okay uh it has its difficulties my wife had gestational diabetes um there's diabetes that runs in her family so we were quite worried about that but she managed it really well and we did a really good job of it and um i guess kind of the positives that came out of it we got more scans we got more you know we got to see our daughter more because um you obviously need to check the baby a lot more when you have gestational diabetes so um, there was lots of positives out of the pregnancy um we had a horrific um uh, traumatic birth a really bad birth um hmm. which uh you know really hit both of us to six um just, a lot of things didn't go to plan um and it's probably the the hardest thing that's happened in our lives since we've been together for sure it's such a bittersweet kind of thing to talk about and i know in other episodes i know you guys have you've had some great guys on that have talked about traumatic births and things like that and you know i could relate to a lot of the stories how bittersweet it is that you know it's the best day of your life your, your daughter your son's arrived um but it was so horrible you know the process it was probably the worst situation you could be in um and i certainly had uh moments fleeting moments and and uh memories of feeling like I'd lost them both, you know, in, in, in the situation. Um, so yeah, that wasn't nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then, um, you know, everything was fine at the end, you know, and we worked really hard to make sure that it was good. I kind of, I was, I was kind of talk about it quite proudly really because my wife was quite poorly for a little, a couple of weeks, you know, recovering from the, um, the operations and things. And, uh, I kind of tell everyone I went into mum and dad mode and just kind of, uh, had no opportunity to even think I just literally just did it all like naturally mm. and it was crazy and you know obviously we couldn't breastfeed so I was getting all the formula and I was cracking on with everything and I was literally mom dad everybody and they're a blur those first few weeks are a blur uh, but I look back and I had a moment of clarity and reflection about three or four months down the line when I was at work and somebody was asking me about it or hadn't seen since we'd had the baby and uh, you know I told them I had a traumatic birth and I kind of got a bit upset and teary about it um, and they just said, oh, do you want to talk about it? And I said, I will talk about it, but not right now. I just, it's mm-hmm. weird that this emotion's coming up. I've clearly sort of bottled this up for a little while and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But one thing I will say is that the next few weeks when I was at home were really tough. Um, and I'm just so proud that I did my wife and my daughter, you know, really sort of, I, I gave them a great service as like mm-hmm. the, the dad and the mom, you know, um, mm-hmm. 
because I didn't know what I'd be like. I think like most parents, you have that kind of feeling of what am I going to be like? Am I going to be a good dad? You know, and I got that baptism of fire and <laughs> I and I got the certificate, you know, I did well. Um, and one of the things that I've struggled with in my entire life is is patting myself on the back and being proud of myself and, and, and moments of where I do really well. I don't give myself any credit. Mm. I'm quite quick to uh, move on to the next and just shrug it off. Like I don't like being told I'm great kind of thing. And and that stems that stems from uh, from kind of situations with my dad when it was never good enough for him and things like that. And we've we've sure. we've talked it out, and it's just like a thing in the past, you know. Now, but I am trying to be better, and I, I'm aware of it now. Where I do try and you know pat myself on the back and give myself credit. So that's something I'm really happy about. That I did really great in those first few weeks. Um, mm. But yeah, my daughter's called Nora. She's uh, nearly three, um, mm. so she's three in October, and uh, she's amazing. She's literally like. Um, I know most parents will say this, but she is literally like an angel. Like she's everything. It's so crazy. It's like, I'm quite an objective person. I can sit back and kind of be quite objective and detach my emotions as I've just outlined. Um, but like, I look at her sometimes and I'm like, why is she so pretty? Like, why is she so beautiful? Like, is she adopted? Have I got the wrong baby? Because like, I, I'm not like an oil painting here. Like, I know I'm not ugly, but I'm not an oil painter. My wife's beautiful, but like mm -hmm. she doesn't really look like either of us. Like she has like little bits of us um, and she's so stunning. Like everybody comments about how beautiful she is. Um, mm. So yeah, we have to have moments of pinching ourselves about how great she is. She's so well behaved. She's so thoughtful. Um, she sleeps well. She's, we've had her ups and downs. We've had illnesses just like most parents. And we've had moments of like transition where she's learning things and it's frustrating and things. But mm -hmm. on the whole and comparatively, when we hear all these horror stories, we're kind of mm -hmm. those annoying parents that go, oh, we never had that problem. <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. so, so we've had yeah. a relatively good couple of years. Uh, unfortunately yeah. for those listening who um, you know, hate me right now for saying that, but we, we've had a pretty good couple of years. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to hold back my, my comments. But, <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I, I always wish the best for any parent. I'm always like, Hey man, I hope your child sleeps and does those things and transitions well. Cause you know, we had a different experience, which is, you know, I'll have to share a bit about that on a different time, but I always want people to not have to struggle that it's better for the kid and then yeah. the mom and the dad. But I'm, you know, so the traumatic birth experience, mm. you know, that that was a significant, sounds like the you said it yourself the most difficult thing that we went through mm. and to the point of where thinking i might lose both of them is yeah. that what you said earlier yeah. i might lose both and yeah what was you know in that moment i'm guessing i'm guessing it was some type of rushed emergency surgery was that yeah so yeah so what happened was my my wife had um the uh uh, she had to have a lumbar puncture. So she had to have, um, not a lumbar puncture, sorry, a spinal tap. So very similar to a lumbar puncture. She had to have a spinal. Yeah. Um, and uh, she'd already had an epidural. So they already had it set up. Um, but there was just no progress. And because she had gestational diabetes, they thought that Nora was, uh, her heart rate was dropping. So they had to rush her into theatre. They mm -hmm. gave her this spinal. Um, and it went wrong. Uh, one in one in three thousand chance. The anaesthetist was saying afterwards when he gave us um, a rundown and a reflection, which he was really great on, um, really helpful. Uh, yeah, one in three thousand chance it went wrong. And essentially, the spinal you're still supposed to be able to feel quite a lot of your body. And my wife couldn't feel anything from the neck down, um. so um, she thought she wasn't breathing. She thought she'd lost. She was losing consciousness. Um, she was all over the place um, and mm. she couldn't she couldn't push she was trying but physically her body couldn't push she thought she was mm. but nothing was happening 
Um, and we were this close to going into section, to go into a C-section. Um, and the doctor managed to get hold of Nora and got, got her out. Um, mm. so, so that was the kind of first half of like kind of 20, 30 minutes of craziness where I'm sat with my wife and I'm scrubbed up and there's lots of doctors and nurses running around and, and I'm looking at my wife and trying to talk to her and she's incoherently babbling to me and out of consciousness mm. and really struggling. And the doctors are shouting at her because they want to get her to get the baby out, you know? So they're kind of like, push, push. And, and she's like, I don't, I can't. And I'm just kind of like, sat there like completely powerless, like the same mm. as what most men do in that situation and trying to support her. But you know, what can you do? You can do nothing. You can't push for yeah. her, you know? So, um, so that's the first half. And then the second half lasted about two minutes. And so they got Nora out and she wasn't crying or moving or breathing. Um, and mm. at this stage, seeing a lifeless baby in front of me, I'm mm. sat there going, what the hell is this? Like, this isn't my baby. This, this baby's dead kind of thing. Mm. Like as blunt as that is to say, that's yeah. how I felt. Uh, so I turned to my wife, um, and I just almost ignored that and was like, I don't want to see that in the moment I was looking at my wife and her eyes were rolling back in her head and she was in and out of consciousness and the anesthetist was there going, Brittany, can you hear me? Can you hear me? And of course, you see things on TV and movies. And, you know, when someone, when a doctor's shouting at a patient going, can you hear me? Can you hear me? You're thinking she's dead, you know? So mm. I'm sat there and I'm like, I'm sat in between this. And I almost mm. feel like a ghost. I almost feel like a fly on a wall, like watching this. Because I can't do anything. I can't save them both. So I was completely powerless. Mm. Um, and then about 30 seconds, longest 30 seconds of my life, probably a minute maybe. And then I hear crying. And as I hear crying, um, the midwife is, uh, I turn around and the midwives are resuscitating Nora and they got, you know, they got a crying and breathing. And the, the midwife turned around to me straight away and said, do you want to come and meet your daughter? And like matter mm. of factly, like nothing had happened. <laughs> right. So, so I just kind of went across and I was like, oh my God, like this is, this is my daughter. And she mm. said, you've got to do the obligatory thing of, you know, counting the fingers and toes. Mm. So I counted the fingers and toes said, yeah, they're all there. And eyes, my tears are welling up in my eyes and, mm. The midwife turned around and went, you know, this happens all the time, right? And I went, what do you mean? And she's like, sometimes traumatized babies, they just, they go into like this unconscious moment and we have to resuscitate them slightly. And it can be, it can actually be up to five or six minutes before we start to worry. So I was like, why didn't you tell me this? <laughs> like, like I was like, I, I was, I thought she was dead. Do you know what I mean? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, yes. so I was laughing kind of hysterically yeah. at this. And, and then I turned around to my wife and the midwife to like, tell Brittany what's happened. So I was like, look, she's done it. You've done it. You're amazing. You've managed to get her out. You know, this is amazing. I'm so proud of you. And my wife was mm. coming around a little bit and she kind of half remembers what happens. And she was like, oh, great. You know, can I see her? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, great. And I'm just overwhelmed and there's tears and everything. And uh, and then, yeah, we, we, we wrapped Nora up and we went back to the room and yeah, everything was fine, like nothing happened, <laughs> except for the fact that my wife just needed to recover and sleep a little bit. Yeah. And I was, I was sat there and I'm like, literally like five minutes ago, I thought these both yeah. were dead, you know? So yeah, you, just, went, you went through this huge roller coaster, yeah. like it's done and just feeling that reality in that mm. moment, even though it was a five minute window, like this is where, this is it. Yeah. So I, so I, back in the room, I was elated. You can imagine yeah. like, I was just oh, like... I, I was on cloud yeah. nine because oh, I, they yeah. were dead a minute ago. <laughs> they were, so my, yeah. li my life now begins because I feel like it ended. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, um, as spiritual as that sounds, that's kind of how I was feeling in the moment. And uh, yeah. 
you know, we waited a little while. And uh, unfortunately, tying back to what I was talking about earlier with my mom, I was brought back down to um, to a horrible moment of trauma almost, you know, to build on the, mm. the birth trauma because I called my mom. You want to call your mom. You want to call your family. Mm. Um, and I said to my mom, I said, you know, she's here. We've had some complications. Um, so we're just resting up. But everything is fine. Don't worry. Um, and we hadn't told anyone the name. So I said, oh, mm. mom, it's Nora. We've, we've called her Nora, Nora Amelia. Um, mm. And my mum burst out laughing and said, is that a joke? Are you joking? And I said, no, that's that's the name. What do you mean, am I joking? And she was like, well, what, like Nora Batty from from a soap opera, you know, Coronation Street in the old days and all this, like a, a granny's name. And I was like, no, that's that's the name. It's not a joke. We don't refer it to Nora Batty. I'm not sure what you're getting at here. And she goes, mm-hmm. she goes, so, you, so you're not playing a trick on me. This is, this is what you've actually called your daughter. That's what she said yeah. to me in that moment. And I was like, I was like, okay, I'm ending that call. I'm ending this call now. Um, I'll speak to you later. And I just put the phone mm-hmm. down. I contemplated telling my wife, but I did in the end. And I told her. And that was all good. Uh, my wife was fuming, as you'd expect. She was very angry. Um, but that was the beginning of the end of our relationship with my mom. It was like, I can't believe she did that. I mean, yeah. she sort of semi-apologized for that. And she said it was just because she was in the moment. She didn't know what was going on. And she was all excited. And But that was just like the worst thing you say to your son when your son's just told her that you had complications, you had a horrible birth. Like, you don't mm-hmm. do that. And I just thought, yeah. what is wrong with her to, to, to yeah. sort of do that? So, so yeah, that's that's my birth story. <laughs> wow. wow. Mm-hmm. And, and th- that is a roller coaster. And, and gosh, <laughs> to I say the just... least. <laughs> to say the, I mean, to say the least. Mm. I mean, you went, you went from a, a moment of, my my child and my wife are gone, and mm-hmm. it was an eternity for that, yeah, two minutes, right? Mm. It, it, it was two minutes, but that was a lifetime. You yeah. were already there mentally, and then elated, thankfully, thankfully that your daughter was healthy, yeah. <laughs> and is still healthy and alive today, and your wife recovered mm. and is alive. But that. That is traumatic. That's mm. a significant trauma, Me- mentally, emotionally. You went, you were there as if yeah. here it is, and my life, and mm. and thankfully, thankfully they're they're here, and and you process that, and then and then mom, you know, had her her zinger, and I could see yeah. why of that kind of unhealth coming out, and unable to kind of be to join you in the moment, right? Unable, mm. didn't have the skill or capacity to just say, "Wow, that's amazing," but it was more about her own stuff and yeah, that's kind of it. feeling that, and then ending the call, rightfully so. I would too say, "Okay, I'm going to end this call now," and this is not okay. And um, yeah, I mean, gosh, that's that did not I did not experience that type of. Uh, birth at all and I can only imagine what that must have been like with yeah I, I'd probably feel the same way I, I, I right I mean I feel like that's a natural response in that moment of that ter- just terror yeah and I'm like I would probably go there as well because that's the way I think it's coping it's it's how do you yeah. how do you deal with that yeah, well you can't it's just like mm. you just gotta just in the moment we do what we do to survive and then yeah. again that narrative shifted and so I'm glad to hear that little Nora's. You said three now, right? Yes, nearly three October. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Oh, three in October, great. And then um, you just Nora. Do you have a second or? No, we don't have a second. We're we're planning. Um, we may have news uh, soon. Okay. <laughs> so we're we're trying. I guess we're in that mode okay. of trying right now. So fingers yeah. fingers crossed. We'll have announcements soon. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're trying. So not a one, not a one-stop shop this time. No, hopefully not. Um, um, hopefully there's a bit more fun <laughs> involved, um, but we'll see. We'll see. 
yeah, blessings to you guys on that yeah, next journey for, for that next season and whatever happens, happens. And that is hopefully a, a yeah, better experience. We obviously have worries regarding the, the, the birth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've okay, spoken, given the circumstance, sure. I've spoken to more people about it than ever because I've definitely boxed that one away for another mm. day. And I've been speaking mm. more about it and it's been quite helpful to just talk about it just now, you know, and, and mm. just let it out a little bit now. But mm. I know, knowing what I know about mental health, that I'll need to talk more about it before it comes around. Um, mm hmm because it's something that I'll need to address. Otherwise it's going to take over leading up to the birth, you know? So mm. yeah, yeah, it's hard, but yeah. it's, um, it's what yeah. we went through. It's the cards we were dealt, you know, it's the reality. And, and then knowing the what you've done so well is I, I know I need to take care of myself as we approach that second, yeah, that second experience that I don't mm. want that fear to take away, but I also I'm more educated now, but I also know that some, some emotions, some fears may come up to the surface. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And that awareness is like, okay, but how do I get through that and how do I navigate? So, yeah, you know, two kind of final questions that we're kind of coming to wrap up. Mm. But I'm wondering, um, you know, two things. One, with that kind of said, with whatever might happen with the second birth mm. and emotions may come up, I'm wondering how how does John, as a dad, as a man, what does he do to engage in self-care now in mm. your current context? What does it actually mean for John now to engage in self-care? Yeah, so self-care is a bit of a funny one for me because uh, I think self-care has a bit of a blurred meaning and I think a lot of people take self-care as uh, linear. They have one thing they go to, they have a certain process they have to, to care for themselves and I think sometimes it can be a little bit toxic. I think people can assume that something is self-care, you know, um, and just, just ride it. And so an example of a toxic self-care thing that I was talking about the other day to someone actually is, you know, eating like eating like you you call them chips but crisps like big bag of chips like sat in front of the tv and watching a movie when you should be doing something else and look that is self-care that's downtime that's like relaxation that's chilled if you do it every day that's no longer self-care that's quite quite toxic it's quite negative around your lifestyle your diet your solitary all that kind of thing so I think the first point I'm trying to make around self-care is balance. And I think the mm. balance that I bring in, everything that I do has balance. And I always talk about balance in all the work that I do. Um, so what I try and do for my self-care is balance it. So I'll have things that are mind-numbing. I'll have programs that I'll watch. I'll have games that I'll play on my phone or something like that, you know, like an app or whatever, that is a mind-numbing version of self-care where I can just zone out and just mm -hmm. detach from the world, from the angers, from the stresses, from the from the control issues, from the happiness even, you know, and just detach and down, you know, like kind of deflate myself so I can build that, you know, fill that cup back up or, you know, fill the pressure cooker back up, whatever you want to call it. And then I also have, I try and have as much positive self-care as possible. So I guess that's probably what I'll uh, lean on quite a lot in the next sort of, uh, you know, if we do get pregnant, kind of that lead up to pregnancy. But yeah, I run. I enjoy a run. I think detaching myself in a run with a podcast. I listen to your podcast. That's not a shameless <laughs> plug. I love your podcast. I love hearing from dads, of course. Um, but actually, just touching on that really briefly, just going off piece a little bit. I love the fact that every single episode, almost, I can relate to something. Like mm. I just feel like the reality of it is that, like, we all actually are the same, aren't we? We all have very different stories, but we all have the same moments. And there's just so many bits that I'm. I was I was in the in the supermarket the other day. And I was listening to the episode with Kelly and I was like, that's like, just like me. That's just like me. That's what I did, you know, and stuff like that. And it's <laughs> like, there's just so many great moments of that. So thank you for the pod so far. Um, yeah. No. So listen to podcasts on a run. I love a run. 
um, but I don't run enough because I don't have time and I justify it like that because I have to. It's not with the excuse. It's like I can't run all the time. My body can't take it. So I do one or two runs a week. I like uh, I like spending time with my daughter and that sounds stupid because we should all spend time with our kids, but I mean like actually present time with her. So, you know, mm. I have all these different hats and these projects that I talked about at the start of the podcast. Like my time is quite precious like with her because it's very minimal. I have a couple of hours a day and then I have the weekends and, you know, a lot of dads will sit there and go like, that's more time than I have with my kids. But it's like, well, when you are spending that time with them, are you connecting? Are you present? You know, look, that's that's something that some dads don't understand. And, uh, you know, this is what we try and teach people and, and try and teach people generally, not just men. But what I've tried to do is become more present in the moment, phone away, you know, like just literally connect with her, look at her, listen to her, like talk with her, like play with her, like everything that she wants you to do, you are she is the boss like do it all kind of thing like mm-hmm. and feel it all like let let yourself enjoy it like we're preconceived to like sit with the play-doh or the duplo or the whatever and go oh this is weird like i'm a man i shouldn't be like i shouldn't be talking about princesses and putting on crowns and stuff yes you should like mm. you should like spend that time mm. with your kid who cares what they're into like seriously right. who actually cares what my daughter at the moment mm. is obsessed with trolls you know, like the the trolls that are on TV, Anna Kendrick, uh, Justin Timberlake. Um, oh yeah, yeah. She yeah, yeah. is obsessed with them, and she thinks she is Princess Poppy, the main character. So, <laughs> like, I'm Branch. I'm Justin Timberlake. I'm cool with that. She always calls me Branch. It's like weird, like nickname, and that's a little bit annoying. But at the same time, like, I could actually be like, we're not we're not characters in a in a program, Nora. Like, we're not characters. Right. Like, stop this. But yeah, I don't. Because I just live it with her. Like I sing along to all the songs. I quite like it anyway, to be honest. But if I didn't like it, I would still do it. And and that's something yeah. I've learned. That's something I've learned. That's not something someone told me. That's not something that I read. That is just mm. I realized when I was disconnected from her and I was on my phone or I was not playing with her. I, I saw the look she was giving me and I saw the disconnection. Mm. And and that is that is consistent. Every kid will be like that. Every kid doesn't matter if there's learning difficulties, autism, whatever you want to call it, there is a connection that you can lose and there is a connection mm-hmm. that you can gain. So I try and grasp that by the horns, really. That's my self-care. She she fills my cup up, you know, being mm. fair. But yeah, no, on more practical levels, you know, I, I like I say, I just try and be, try and keep healthy, try and do, at nighttime, I have a reminder before I go to bed, I need to read, I need to do some yoga or I need to meditate. Um, and that might sound quite wishy-washy and spiritual to those who aren't into those kinds of things. But, you know, yoga is like stretching. That's all it is. Like, I need to stretch because I get stiff and stuff like that. Like, I'm getting older. We were talking about this in the green room before. Um, And meditation, (laughs) man. Meditation, we all meditate. We all can meditate. It's just Mm -hmm. like chilling out your mind, breathing exercises. It's not not all like om and all that kind of craziness. Meditation Mm -hmm. is just chilling out your mind, like seriously. Mm -hmm. So all I try and do before I go to bed is do that. And Mm -hmm. I don't do it well every night. And I guess... So I guess basically the big thing I do in self-care is acceptance that I'm not always mm. great at self-care and like not beating myself up at that. So all of those things I outlined aren't perfect and I don't do them perfectly, mm. but I allow myself those allowances that I'm not perfect. And mm. um, I try not to beat myself up uh, mm. and I'm, you know, it improves all the time. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's me. <laughs> so yeah. No, and, and that self-care component, it, it's, all those things when I work with dads, even myself and, and working with men is that I always equate it to it's, you know, self-care, think of it as a practice. Mm. 
Um, you know, and, and I love what you said earlier. It's a balance. Mm. Now, how do we how do we find balance in these different modes of self care? That you know, we all need that those moments of just kind of pausing and and like kind of healthy distancing, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, taking a break, something mm. that's just like I shut my mind off and just kind of zone out. Mm. But like you said, if I stay there though, yeah, then I'm actually now this becomes my primary coping mechanism of disconnecting which is what a lot of men do and so that just creates another problem Mm -hmm. so it's more of hey this is okay and we need to engage those emotional states we need to engage what's really going on looking in the mirror so to speak of hey how's how's john doing this week how's travis this week like yeah what what's been really stressing travis out this week is there anything that's really on his my mind that's been i've been kind of ruminating on or, Mm. or really dwelling on and yeah what is that naming it and whether I'm naming it um, verbally or I, I'm a big journaling. I love journaling. Ah, uh, you see, so I'm journaling, journaling I'm terrible with, right? And I don't mean that like I'm having a go at myself, like I'm nasty at myself because I'm not I'm not saying I'm terrible as in like I'm a bad person for journaling. I just don't mm-hmm. find, you know, traditional journaling, like writing it down, can't do it. Right. It just doesn't right. doesn't resonate with me. So what I've mm-hmm. developed is something that maybe some listeners, watchers will get from this. If you can't journal in a book, you can't write in a phone app, um, what I've started to do, and it's not every night, but you brush your teeth at night, you look in the mirror. I give myself like a minute just looking in the mirror and not every night, but some nights. And I talk to myself in the mirror, mm-hmm. like whether it's in a monologue or whether it's actual words, doesn't matter. Some days it's different. But all I do in that moment is remember what I did during the day. Because you can go through the day and it'd be a blur and you actually forget what you did. So I go through the, the day, I go through the work life, what I, what I achieved at work. I go through mm. things that happened with Nora. I go through like conversations I have with my wife. What did I have for my dinner? Stuff like that, right? And I reflect on that day as, as much as possible before I go to bed. And then if anything crops up in, that, in a monologue of that was really great, I, I dwell on it. I revel in it. If mm. anything pops up that was really bad, like we had a little argument or whatever, I analyze it and I decompress it and I find the the reasons and I see if there's a learning thing there or if not, I let it go. Um, mm. So that is my journaling. And, and I realized yeah. that was my journaling when I was spoken to someone about, when I was speaking to someone about journaling and they were like, oh, you know, I do this, I do this, 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 and this, 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 this. And they described that on a bit of paper. <laughs> so mm. I was like, that's me, but I just don't do it on paper. So yeah. I, I had to throw that in there. Sorry, but yeah, journaling no, is so I, important, so important. Yeah, and I love that you shared that because... You know, I'm a proponent for journaling, but the purpose behind it is it's that capacity to really reflect on the day mm. and to name it. Yeah, yeah. Whether through written form mm. and, you know, I may have a bias toward writing, but at the end of the day, you're doing the very thing you're acknowledging and, and verbalizing, oh, mm. here is the good thing mm. or here's something that was really amazing and a high point for me and a sweet moment or a moment where I felt confident or or here's something that man it was really hard yeah. and because you are doing that it's it's a different format but it is just that it, it's still that acknowledgement of the run through of what's really going on for john yeah what's been actually happening and that at the end of the day i think that's the key and i'm, I'm glad you shared that for the other listeners coming out who may have struggled with you know traditional writing and mm. you know I, and i've told guys hey if you struggle writing just you know either even tell it to yourself or think of a high and a low every day and just write down the high point low yeah. point and then if you write a sentence great if not if you write a paragraph great a page great or it's just i just want you to pay attention to yourself and so whatever you do just pay attention and i love that example what you do is that you're going through it and and again it's 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 still the acknowledgement of 
the reality of what's really going on, mm. what has been going on mm. emotionally, where have you been? And which is helping you kind of identify, especially if there's something that's been stressed out for a week, it's like, oh, that's maybe why I've been more short lately. I've been stressed yeah. because of this work thing. And I'm just now acknowledging it three days in. It's like, mm. okay, now I can, what do I need to do? Do I need to let that go? Do I need to accept it? Do yeah. I need to, right? Because then you start to then in a way problem solve. Yeah. And, and, and work through your emotional state. So, and you know, we're really good at that as men. We're really good at like, analyzing and problem solving things. Mm-hmm. That's the way we think. We think very logically, but we right. do it about conscious things. We don't do it about things that are, or sorry, let me rephrase that. We do it about practical things. We don't do it about conscious things in our mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what I like to try and do is break that down to the same format of whatever works for you in your head. Um, and I also use a, an app. So I have a mood app. Uh, it's called Dailyo. Uh, mm. It's a free app, and you basically have a mood chart that you can fill in every night before you go to bed. So I put mm. a, I put a marker on each day, and there's a notes part underneath, and you can say what activities you've done. I rarely use that because I use my own format of journaling, but that you could be using as a journal. And I've referred mm. people to that app, and I'm sure they get more and more people download it because of the stuff I say. But but there's there's many out there. There's lots of mood chart apps out there, and I just found that one really good. Um, mm. And I love mood charts. I love kind of like uh, scoring things, and I think men are quite good at that. You know, even if it is yeah. flippant, we, it's worth scoring things. It is very yeah. much worth scoring things because if you score it and then you come back to it, this is the other thing I like to do with my app, actually. If you score something and you go back to it, I like looking at sort of trends and seeing where the different fluctuations are. Because if I put like a seven for, a seven out of 10 for something, you know, a lot of people say that's the standard, you know, seven's a, a standard. But actually, really, if you think about it, like a five's a standard because it's right in the middle. So if you look at a seven and you flippantly gave something a seven, why didn't you give it an eight? Why didn't you give it a six? That's where the analyzation, the, the analyzing comes from because you can sit there and you can go, okay, I've given a flippant comment there. I might want to change it. And this is something we did in one of our classes, actually. We were talking about the emotional spectrum and we were putting, putting how you feel on a line and all that kind of thing. And before you know it and you start to analyze it, you change your position. <laughs> so the, the whole point of the app really is that reflection. You know, you, I yeah. always go in, I click, click the mood straight away that I did. And then I sit there and I think, ah, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm this actually. And it's like, it's just that reflection, that kicking yourself into reflection gear. So right. I like that. Yeah, that, that is the key. It's, it's that it's that you're taking the time to become aware and be mindful mm. of what's really going on mm. for you. That even that, even that's like stopping your automatic pilot of, you know, the app is great. I think for a lot of guys, it's great because it's easy. It's like, oh, the words of the emotions are there and you're just checking it off and how, and you're rating it. But even that, even that is, is bringing your attention to that kind of question. Yeah. And it's yeah. bringing your attention to, oh, I am reflecting. And then, and then going deeper, it's like, okay, well, why didn't I do that? What makes it a seven? Exactly. What makes it a six? What makes it a two? What makes it a, and then yeah. you're, you're, you are kind of processing and that again that's the key it's that awareness it's that paying attention it's that acknowledgement um and and find the different things to do that that balance from you know a, a tv show a program to running to some self-care for you is engaging your daughter and being present where that really fills your bucket that really fills your cup mm. to like doing a verbal journal i call it like a you know an audible journal in your head to an app these are all things and as a dad find that balance of okay and it's a practice and i was saying this earlier i, I I'll tell dads and my it's a practice because it's not about being perfect it's just about practicing and if yeah. we look at it as a practice yeah even like meditation the point of practicing is that we get it back up and we practice again 100 it's not about perfection it's about we practice it it's just doing it it's, yeah it's because it's a lifelong practice you're always going to be practicing and i tell people I'm like hey i'm always practicing this too i'm never going to not be practicing yeah 
these skills, even as a therapist, like I have to practice them. Yeah. And there are days that I practice more and days that I don't and knowing it, okay, I got to get back into my practice. And I always equate it to like professional, like footballers or, mm. you know, for my Americans listening, <laughs> professional soccer players, right? <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, they do the same thing mm. pretty much every day. Yeah. And, and, and something I, something I always add to that is that there's no such thing as trial and error. So mm. I always say it's trial and trial and trial and trial. Mm. And I think you should always take lessons and bonuses from trial and failure you know failure mm-hmm. is a horrible word as well but if you try something and it doesn't work for you try something else like just keep mm-hmm. trying because if you stop mm-hmm. at that first shot then you are you aren't going to grow you aren't going to change you aren't going to adapt you aren't going to be able to reflect you aren't going to mm-hmm. be able to do things that are positive for yourself mm-hmm. so i despise the trial and error thing and that practice mm-hmm. is such a big thing like you say so yeah I, I i love that practice thing i just i always take it a little bit step further and i go yeah practice 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 but actually trial keep trying different things mm-hmm. and and fluctuate yeah. because you know you can practice something and you can get into a, a a routine a positive habitual routine which would be great but then they might change your feelings around that habit might change right. and then you might want to do something different and being open to try those different things and fail at mm-hmm. them and be okay with that and be like awesome i failed let's move on you know that yeah. sounds ridiculous but it is not ridiculous it's huge and so many people mm-hmm. fail and go right let's stop let's just stop i don't want mm-hmm. that pain again but why should you feel pain from any failure you know why should there mm-hmm. be pain there's absolutely zero pain in a failure you did something wrong so what there's a load mm-hmm. of positives out of that you'll never do that again do you know what mm-hmm. i mean that's a massive positive so uh yeah i mean i love that kind of stuff i could talk about it yeah. for ages <laughs> Yeah, we could definitely talk about that whole <laughs> that whole thing about failure and mentally. But uh, you know, just to keep it brief, is yeah, I love that tr- you know <laughs> practice, and then and also too. I mean, people could also practice really unhealthy things. We do it all the time, mm. but it's like practicing the health, practicing the awareness, practicing mm. the engagement with self because we practice things all the time that are not good for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. most things we do is a practice. It's a habit. We have habits that mm. are healthy and habits that are not so healthy. And mm. so it's learning from those habits saying, is this actually good for me? Yeah. Is this actually helping me? Is this actually growing me, stretching me, alleviating, you know, is this is this really serving the purpose I'm intending it? Mm. You know, or is it really just getting me away from something else? And so, um, you know, again, for the sake of time, <laughs> uh, one final question. Yes. Uh, just This is just a fun question. Hey, cool. what's in this moment, what is your, what's the favorite moment right now? Or what's the best thing currently being a dad with your daughter? Like what is something uh, right now that you are just loving doing with your daughter? Uh, <laughs> that's, that's an interesting one. Um, there's loads of stuff. Uh, I think the biggest thing, I think, I guess the easiest answer I'll give rather than dwelling on it and taking ages with an answer. <laughs> I think, I think the easiest answer is, um, so over the last couple of years, over the last year or so, she started to sing and started to get into singing. And I used to sing, I know you, you used to sing and stuff like that as well. Um, yep. so when she started to get into singing, I was like, Oh, I was really excited. I was like, yeah, she's going to love singing all these songs. And she's going to want me to sing. And she's going to listen to me singing and love my voice. Cause I can sing a little bit. And, and as soon as she started singing and I started singing along with her, she hated it. She was like, stop daddy, stop. Every time I was singing, stop, you can't sing it, shouting at me, like getting really angry that I was singing. So over the last few months, she started to let me into her singing and I get to sing all the male parts of all the songs. Mm. So that's how I become, you know, Kristoff and Olaf from Frozen and I become you know, like a branch from trolls and all this kind of thing and all the princes and all the, all the so I think my favorite thing at the moment is singing along with all the songs. Mm. Um, but the hardest part is remembering all the words. Like I'm really struggling with some of the words, man, but 
<laughs> yeah, I wouldn't know. I'd probably start singing the tune because I know the melodies and yeah. the, the, the tone, but I, I would just not be able to say the words. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know I know the feeling from both your kids saying stop because yeah. they, they, you know, you're ruining it for them. Yeah, right? yeah. But then it's so disheartening. It, it killed me inside. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. I was like, how can you? My, my wife was like, she's saying the worst thing ever to you right now, isn't she? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's like, that's literally the worst thing she could say to me. Like, stop singing. You can't <laughs> sing, daddy. It's like, she can't say anything worse than that to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but, now, but now she's invited you in. And so if you were to put a name to that feeling, what's it like for your daughter inviting you into a lot of, to, allowing you to sing and join in? What's that like? Yeah, it's great. It's almost kind of circling right back to the start of our conversation, actually, because at the time of when she was getting into singing and getting into music and dancing around and stuff. And because she was wanting to do it on her own a lot, I felt a little bit like I wasn't part of her group, her community. I felt a mm-hmm. bit like, you know, she'd dance with her mom or whatever, and she would dance with her friends or whatever. And then I feel a bit like I'm not allowed because I'm a man, you know, I'm a dad or whatever. Mm. Um, and now she's invited me and it's like, I'm part of her community now. She's like, mm. she's letting me be part of her band, her group, you know, it's so mm-hmm. cool. And it's like, I quite, I really do feel more connected to her, like because of it. Um, yeah. All right. Sometimes it's like mind numbingly boring when she wants to listen to the same songs in the car over and over again you've got to sing your part and you've got to do it properly or she'll tell you off kind of thing um you know like if you forget a line because i was turning a corner in the car or something she's like daddy you missed the line like this and like shouting at me it's like you know but look it's amazing it's beautiful and i love it and yeah it's just i'm part of a community it's lovely and hopefully that'll continue at least until she's 11 or 12 and then when she's a teenage girl i'll lose her completely probably (laughs) well let's hope not i mean (laughs) let's hope not but you know i I appreciate that that share of Mm. you know kind of coming full circle of community that you feel that that connectedness to your daughter and really the joy of like i get to do this and being present and and being her dad and doing the silly things because i really do want to reiterate that that you said earlier as as we close is that does matter to them yeah it does Mm. it matters to them even if to us it means like why are we doing this but to them we're meeting them where they're at and what they're excited about yeah and man dads if you want to know how to connect with your kids like even if it doesn't make sense to you at least from my experience just what they're excited about just get excited and try to like see their face their emotions and try to feed off of that Mm. and even if you don't get it it doesn't make sense it doesn't have to because they're excited and that's that's a way to connect through play with kids it's just yeah put the phone down right put this thing down put it all away Mm. and just present man that's kids just want yeah they just want to be with you that's that to them is that's it yeah is yeah it don't overcomplicate it it's just play even you if know? you even if you're not at your best and you can't get stuck into the play sit next to them right. while they're playing yeah yeah just be present yeah i mean i yeah. learned that i learned that i read a book about that actually but i learned it by doing it mm-hmm. uh yeah and i sat with her, i present. sat with her one time i was really tired and i was just sat, sat next mm-hmm. to her and she was just playing independently and she mm-hmm. would just do it next to me and she yeah. was just really happy to do it next to me mm-hmm. well i got up and i went to make a coffee she was like where are you going like this yeah. it's like she wanted me yeah. to just sit there and watch her play yeah. you know <laughs> Because your because your presence matters. Yeah, and so how easy is that? Yeah. You know, if you think you're not connecting with your kids, how easy is that? Just go and sit next to them. Yeah. Go and sit next to yeah. them. Yeah, just put your phone down, but go sit next to them. Yeah, yeah. don't yeah. don't be on your phone because they'll sense that. Yeah, they know yeah, you're disconnected. Yeah. But there is a safety den of oh, dad's here, mom's here, they're present with me, mm. and and sometimes they will engage. And so, mm. good, that's good wisdom, John. And right. man, John, I I appreciate and again thank you for this rich conversation. Okay. I can't wait to to get this out mm. there and to share and to cut it up and and to have it be listened to. And uh, we'll definitely have another conversation, one hundred percent. Sure. 
and you know, must be good timing. My kid just screamed. <laughs> it's a good alarm. Um, it's a great so alarm. it's it's six fifty five in the morning. Oh, so wow. we've been talking for well. a bit, but yeah, we've, he's done great, which is actually wonderful. Awesome. Um, so he he sleeps in when I'm doing a pod. Awesome. If 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 I'm not doing a pod, he's awake. He's awake. <laughs> <laughs> at like 5.55 in the morning. So when I want to sleep, that he's, <laughs> yeah. it, it's his game. So I'm trying to figure it out. I think he senses. Um, but John, man, you have a blessed, blessed day. Yeah, Blessings you to, your, to your wife and to your daughter and have a great yeah. week. And, and we'll talk soon, okay? Yeah, take it easy, man. I'll see you soon. Thanks for joining and listening today. Please leave a comment and review the show. Dads are tough, but not tough enough to do this fatherhood thing alone.